Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Well, third week of Advent, uh, fourth week of Advent is love, right? Love. And uh, (laughs) we've already done three weeks of hope, peace and joy. And if you're not familiar with what Advent is, um, um, it's a religious exercise that was done for many, many uh, hundreds of years that they would have a reef and on the reef would there be four candles and in the middle of the reef was a white candle. And the four candles every week leading up to the birth of Jesus, they would light one of the candles what might be hope. And you would reflect on hope, what the hope was brought into the world. And then the four weeks, love, joy, peace, and you know. But on the fifth week, Christmas Day, they would light the white candle. And that was the purity of, of Christ that was brought into the world. And um, um, that's sort of what Advent is, you know. And, uh, but this week, you know, is the fourth week, which, which is love. And so many people over the years have tried to tell us about love, haven't they? I mean, the, the, the Beatles told us that all you need is love. Isn't that right? All you need is love. Well, that's not quite true. That's not quite true. Uh, you know, I grew up in the 60s, which was all about free love, and that messed up an entire generation. No two ways about that. And, of course, in the, the generation we live in today, it's about love wins. And uh, I've got to tell you, it's another attempt that's going to fail miserably because the real message of love can only be in 1 John 4, 16, where it says, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And... uh, I want to look at a a scripture today that would be probably the most well-known, quoted, recited scripture in the Bible, John 3.16. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, and whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And uh, this one scripture sums up the entire plan and purpose that God has for every single person born. Every single person born. And uh, you have to, you have a choice to believe and receive the best life that you could possibly live. It's your choice. It's not for some and not for others. It's God's plan and purpose for everyone. But you have to choose it. You have to choose that love. Let me have a look at this, this scripture. It says here, in, uh, the first point that I've got in, in John 3.16 is, is that God so loved. You know, God so loved. Some translations say, you know, um, all love. But God so loved the world that he gave. Uh, he gave his, his one and only son. And um, we've got to understand that, that God coming to earth in the form of man 
or uh, the plan of salvation or the incarnation was because of the love of God um, and not because man was a sinner. Now, we know that that's the framework in which God came because the world was full of sin, but it wasn't the reason God came. God never said, you know what, they're, they're so bad down there, I better go down and save them. No, he said, I'm going to save them because I love them. I love them. You know, religion tells the world, uh, you know, come to God because you're a sinner. God says, come to me because I love you. It's a totally different mindset. And the closer we get to God, the less we judge and the more we love. Wouldn't that be cool? You know, for a world to be like that, the closer we get to God, wouldn't it be good for a church to be like that? The closer we get to God, the more we love and the less that we judge. And it's not that we condone sin or accept sin, not at all, but we always love the sinner. John 13, 34 to, to 35 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, listen to it, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. That is such a powerful scripture for the church to embrace, the church to, to live on. God's love is 100%. It's 100%. It, it, it's unconditional love, and so should ours be. Unconditional love. I can tell you today that the love that I have for my wife, for my children, for my grandchildren is unconditional. Do they do everything right? Do they do everything the way I think it should be done? Do they do everything what I tell them to do? No. It doesn't change my love for them. My love is unconditional. Why? Because I choose it to be that way. It's my choice. It's my choice. I have unconditional love for them because I choose to, and it's not a reward-based system. You know, when you do what I say, when you do what I want, when you do it the way I think you should do it, then I've got love for you. No. No. I've made a decision to love unconditionally. And you know what? They can't even stop me. They can't even stop me. Not, no, no hurt, no disappointment, no regret can stop my unconditional love because it's my choice. It's my choice. I've made my decision. I've made my decision. And also, you know, um, God's love is 100%, but God's love is, is also generous. It's generous. He said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And God not only tells us that he loves us, but he demonstrates that love. By giving his best. He didn't hold back. He didn't say, oh, look, I'll just send a, a, you know, a third rank angel. No, he said, I'll send the heaven's best. You don't get more generous than that. 
You don't get more generous than that. Generosity is a natural byproduct of 100% love. You can't help it. When you love unconditionally, there's a generosity that flows. And the thing is, God doesn't have to, to do anything for us. I mean, he's God, right? He doesn't have to do anything. He's the creator of everything. He owes us nothing. Amen? He doesn't have to do anything, but he goes way over the top and then some. God's love is generous in his grace. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Not of, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Generous in forgiveness, Ephesians 1, 7 to 8. In him we have redemption through his blood for forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us lavished on us, that he gave to us generously, over and above. See, being generous is the very DNA of God. It's, it's very much his nature. And we are encouraged, aren't we, to be the same nature of that of Christ into a broken world. And we must understand that we are born again into a new life. The old has passed away. The new has come. How many people really believe that? Let me see your hand. How many people really believe it's, it's a new life? The old is gone and the new has become. Well, then, you know what? Self-centeredness or selfish behavior should not be a part of our life. It should not be a part of our life no longer a part of my DNA. Because generosity is the outworking, the action of the love of God, then generosity should be that same outworking in our lives because of God's love in us. Therefore, my mission is no longer about myself. No longer about myself but being generous to the world in which I live. Wow. What an opportunity we have every day. Because it's not out there, folks. It's not out there. He said, that's how you will know that you are my disciple. If you have love. Not if you criticise. Not if you wave placards. Not if you pick it. You love. Jesus said on John, in John 15, 12 to 14, he says, my command is this, command. Command by the creator of the universe. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than he lay down one's life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. And this brings us to the, the third one, the greatest challenge of love. God's love is discipline. 
God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. See, that's the plan of God. The plan of God is that you will succeed. He wants you to succeed in life more than you want it. His whole plan, his whole dream for you, his vision for you is that you would go from glory to glory, from victory to victory. He doesn't want you broken and and torn apart and ripped to pieces. He wants you to stand and conquer and flourish. That's his plan. That's his plan, that you will succeed and not perish. Not perish. That you'll make it to the end and hear those wonderful words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. Hebrews 12, 6, it talks about the Lord disciplines the ones that he loves, as any good father does. And then he talks about how a natural father disciplines his son, and his son actually, in time, respects his dad for that. He respects his dad, that his dad was, loved him enough to be able to, you know, put boundaries around him to, to keep him safe, to protect him. Then in verse 10 it says, They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, for our good, in order that we may share in his holiness. Because whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's the plan. That's the goal. That's the dream that God has for you. And he loves us enough to put boundaries in place for our safety. He loves us enough, not trying to restrict us, not trying to, you know, suppress us. He says, no, no, no. We put these boundaries in place so that if you live within the boundaries, you will flourish. You will flourish. God loves us and he created us and he knows what works best and what is best, the best way for us to live. So he sets up these boundaries and if we're prepared to keep within those boundaries, we will prosper. And we do that for our kids, don't we? Why do we have a pool fence? We put a pool fence up because we love our kids. You know, uh, until they get it, until they understand the danger that happens on the other side of that pool fence, we make sure they don't wander in there. Amen? You have a a childproof cap on medicine. Why? Because a kid doesn't understand the result of, of taking, you know, the wrong medications and drugs and stuff like that because, why? Because it'll, it'll damage them. And so boundaries are put in place so that our kids are kept safe. It's the same with God. God has given us a free will. That's the fly in the ointment I don't get. 
He wants the best and he, and, and he, he wants the, the, you know, the plan and purpose to unfold, but he's given us a free will to choose whatever we like, whatever we like. But he's given us the manual to live by that puts the boundaries in place that if we will follow the boundaries, stick within the lines, then you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll prosper. We won't go off into danger. Amen? Why? Because he loves us so much. He loves us. And so the last thing that God wants is for us to be damaged. But his hands are tied with free will. He doesn't come to us with a big stick, to, you know, like to belt us. He, he knows that when we jump that fence, when we go over those boundaries, the damage that that causes is punishment enough. Have you ever, have you ever tried to put a nail in a wall with a, with a shoe, heel of a shoe? Have you ever done that? I've done that. You broke walls, you know, you just can't find the hammer. So you grab a shoe and you belt the nail into the jib rock with the heel of a shoe. Who's done that? Come on, I've, I've done it, I've done it. And you know what? It works. Like, you get the nail in. That, but that's not what the shoe was designed for. Amen? You can do it. You can get the job done. But if you continue to use the heel of your shoe as a hammer, which it wasn't designed for, you're going to break it. Amen? See, God created us, right? He designed that we, we live a certain way and, and we can live outside those boundaries because we have a free will. But that's not what we were designed for. That's not what we were created for. And so eventually what happens? The heel breaks. The damage that that causes... And then, of course, God always has that unconditional love that when we realise, well, I need to get back inside the fence. And he welcomes us with 100% unconditional love, with total forgiveness. Doesn't matter what we've done, where we've been. Is that prodigal son's father just waiting and then running towards each one of us who mess up. And we do, don't we? But his love, his love. And so I want to encourage you today. Don't, don't feel restricted by the Lord's discipline. Don't feel suppressed by the boundaries that the creator puts in place. Because it's for our good. It's for our good. And you know, you know in your life and in the lives in your world, you know that had people have kept in those boundaries, they wouldn't be in the, in the place they are today. But the redemption story is Christmas is all about when he came into the world. When he came into the world, he lit that, that candle, that white candle in the centre of the Advent wreath. You know that that... that Forgiveness of sin, the hope, the love, the joy and the peace was available to everyone because the Christ had come into the world. 
So let me pray for you today. And um, let's ask the Lord to really refresh our minds, our focus about the boundaries, about the plan, the design that God has for us because he created us. And if we will stick within that, we will flourish, I promise you. You can't miss. You cannot fail. I promise you, it works. Now, there's going to be parts of our free will that are going to go, oh, I don't know, I want, I want to do that. I want to. Be disciplined. Be disciplined to go, no, God's plan is the best plan for me. And it works. So, Father, we thank you today for each and every one in this room. We thank you, Lord, that you do love us. Wow. Over the top. Unbelievably so. That you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. That we're not here as, as just, you know, wasted space. We're here with a purpose. We're here with a mission. We are born again. We are not who we used to be. And we choose your boundaries to keep us safe, but to make us flourish so that we can be that DNA of God to our world, to the people in our world, Lord. We can show your amazing love to them through the testimony that you have given us. So, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for giving heaven's best. And we remember that this Christmas, heaven's best for me, for me. Bless each one, Father, I pray. Bless their families. Let this be an amazing time with families coming together, unconditional love. Amen. Amen. God bless you, folks. Have a great Christmas. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.